This is Raven Knoyer, number three from the women's basketball team, and you're listening to Inside the Hive. Hello and welcome to Inside the Hive, where it's Yellow Jacket Athletics all day, every day. With the fall sports winding down and the winter sports heating up, we have an episode with a mix of almost everything. We will be talking with cross-country, football, basketball, triathlon, and volleyball. First joining me is the Black Hill State University athlete that qualified for national co- the national cross-country meet, Ziomara Robinson. Zio, how are you? I'm pretty good. Good. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Um, you had a career best time in Lubbock, Texas of 21 minutes and three seconds. Uh, what was training like to reach that accomplishment? Um, honestly, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of miles. Uh, ups and downs, of, was there uh, some joke supposed to be with that? Or I mean, yeah, you could say hills <laughs> and running on the mick and everything like that, oh, yeah. but just a, a lot of good consistent training I have to say okay so it's just getting out there and consistency is something that I feel like a lot of athletes need um, and practice and that's what makes a great athlete a great athlete instead of you know just someone who goes and works out you know once or twice a week uh, but a great athlete needs to almost every day twice a day sometimes three times a day just keep on out and going out there is that correct in my thinking or yeah something like that and like doing all the little things and mm-hmm. just taking care of everything I heard someone say like doing all the little things right leads to doing the big things right. Is that something that you would say I as mean, well? I mean, I would say so, just like hanging in there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, moving on to uh, the national meet that's this weekend. Um, you are the only BHSU cross-country athlete to earn a bid. Um, what does this mean to be the sole representative of Black Hill State University on the national stage? Well, I mean, it's kind of nerve-wracking but also really exciting I mean I wish I was my teammates were with me but I'm really excited to represent them and like represent all the work we've done because you can't you can't do it alone Mm -hmm. and all the work that coach put into all of us and our team right and uh so you are also one of the two individuals to come from the South uh, region, which there were teams that made it, but you were one of two from the South region, one coming from, I believe it was Westminster. Yep. And uh, knowing that, does that add to the pressure or does that just increase your drive to be competitive at the national turn or a national I mean, meet? I think it's exciting. Like, yeah. it's cool that our region is so competitive that they only do take two individuals compared to any other region and just the amount of teams that they do take from the south central region so i'd say exciting that i already know what the competition is going to be like and it's probably going to be the same girls up front so kind of know what it what's in store what's kind of your thought process as far as uh, being competitive on the national stage uh like is there any way that you're changing your training? Is there any way that you, or change your training, I should say, because we're, it's a little late to change your training right now because you guys leave tomorrow, is that right? Yep, we leave tomorrow. Um, I would say we're just maintaining fitness right now. Every, like the hay's in the barn, basically. I don't know if you've heard that, but. Oh yeah. Um, not changing anything, just knowing the work's already been done and just embracing it and knowing there's, just trusting the training, basically. Yep. Trusting in what works is kind yep. of the way it goes. Uh, so what are you most excited about going to Florida? And this could be race-related or not race-related. Um, 
I don't know. I've never been to Florida, so I'm excited to kind of like check that one off the box. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think Tampa and like St. Leo, where we're going to be at, is really alligator populated, but I want to see an alligator. I don't know. Have you ever been to Reptile Gardens? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh. If you want to see an alligator, I think they have the biggest one in the world there. Maybe not the biggest one, but either way, uh, yes. So if you don't get to see one there, you can see them at Reptile Gardens. Okay. Uh, but as far as uh, just the environment, are you excited to get somewhere warm? Because as of right now, it's like 30 degrees outside. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully the wind won't be blowing there. But yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, a little nervous. I've been wearing like a long sleeve on the warmer days here just to kind of prepare in case it is a bit warmer and more humid there than here. But yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, um, actually triathlon had to do the same thing before they headed down to nationals. Um, they were training on the pool deck here because it had the heat, not necessarily, it had more humidity, but it had the heat that they were going to experience down in Arizona. So uh, yeah, just using that temperature, trying to heat yourself up or get yourself used to getting hot while you're uh, performing is, uh, I think really important because you know if you're training outside here and it's 30 degrees and you get down there it's going to be boiling by the time you know it right but uh as far as the race venue goes um what does it look like compared to what you've been training on here in the black hills um well i've been talking with coach and he said it's a pretty hilly course um but not as hilly as our home course so that's mm -hmm. pretty promising and about I think it's a loop and a half or something like that so it'll be nice the scenery is going to be I don't know it's not the same thing over and over again like track mm -hmm. sounds like true cross-country to me yeah that's good um, so anyway moving from the national meet uh, what well, you're so you're a junior but that's with your eligibility technically you're graduating in December is that correct yes so I'll graduate in December with my biology degree and then I'll begin my master's in the MSIG program in January and I'll still be competing oh cool so you're gonna use up that last year eligibility during your master's program yes. that's very fun uh, what are you hoping to do after you graduate with your master's um, I'm hoping to keep go wait, I can raise uh, I want to get my PhD in probably hematabolism or some sort of field in that respect. Holy cow. Yep. Gonna be well trained. <laughs> I you know, I think I'm getting my masters and that's gonna be it. I can't do a PhD. <laughs> I like school, I like learning, so I like learning. I just don't like classrooms yeah. <laughs> or homework. I think that's the one that really is a bummer mm -hmm. for me. Um, so with that, I guess, can you explain what that is? I'm not sure what kind of doctor that is. Um, so it'll just be my PhD and I just mostly want to do research with human metabolism. So basically how your body handles iron absorption, because I think it's a really prevalent issue in like endurance athletes and like oh, women that, specifically. So, so it ties home. into what you, yeah, so yeah. what you've been doing. That's very exactly. cool. I like that a lot. So um, on my question uh, sheet here, I was going to ask you what your favorite class was. And then I was told that you were taking one class. And so I was like, well, that's not very fair. So uh, in coming up with another question class related, I guess what is going to be is as far as the academic offerings here at Black Hill State University, 
um, you know, we might not be the most uh, specialized, like say uh, Colorado mines or South Dakota mines, where they have a very specialized uh, engineering uh, degree. Whereas, you know, we're specialized in business and education. Um, what made you want to come to Black Hill State for a biology program? Well, I do really like how you get to interact with your professors a lot more. I actually transferred from MSU Bozeman, which is a more like science C school, I guess. Um, so it's like interesting seeing the difference between a lecture hall filled with 300 students compared to one with like 50, you just get a lot more one-on-one -on -one and you really get to build a relationship. And I feel like I know pretty much all the science faculty and it's actually really helpful. Nice building a relationship, it makes me wanna to come to class more, makes me stay more engaged. And they actually do care, which mm -hmm. is nice. You're not just another body, I guess. Yeah, so you're not nice. just another grade that they have to enter. Mm-hmm. Well, that's very cool. Well. Zio, I won't take any more of your time. Thank you so much for joining us, and good luck this weekend, and have safe travels to and from uh, Florida, and we hope to talk with you about some amazing results when you get back. Thank you. All right, that was Zio, and uh, we'll be right back with head football coach Josh Bresky right after this. Your loved ones deserve the utmost comfort when visiting Spearfish. If you're looking for the perfect place to get the family together, the Spearfish Holiday Inn and Convention Center has the most updated and comfortable rooms in town. Make your reservations today at the Spearfish Holiday Inn and Convention Center. All right, welcome back. We're joined by a head football coach for the Jackets, Josh Bresky. Josh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me again, Colton. Awesome. So, well, we finished up uh, the football season against Shattern State. Um, what were some of the takeaways from that game, and what are your thoughts on the game? Um, my thoughts on the game were we had six turnovers. Uh, we bought into uh, the junk of um, blaming the officials for the game. Uh, Shattern State was playing very dirty, and we bought into that, and it got us flustered, and we were completely out of our element for the entire game. It was very disappointing to see us um, emotionally just in such a disarray uh, and that goes for me as well you know what that that is a tough part when you get into that flustered mindset when you get into <clears throat> get into that um just letting people get under your skin mentality it's just a down, it's it's an uphill battle like it, it all goes down from there basically um so just trying to get out of that funk is borderline impossible so trust me i've been there done that i've seen my production team even you know we'll have one thing go wrong, next thing goes wrong, and then all of a sudden we're we're just fighting to get out of that. Absolutely, so I, I get that for sure. Uh, so moving on from this, what does uh, the winter months look like for the football athletes as far as training and getting ready for spring football? Right now, it's important that they take some time off. Um, I shared that with them. I said. Um, I know you guys are sick of us. We're definitely sick of you guys. Let's get away from each other for a little bit. So they'll have some voluntary workouts here uh, starting up next week uh, where they can go and get a, get a little lift in, but I really don't want to see them, hear from them, uh, do anything with them other than just making sure we're staying on top of their academics um, until January 10th. January 10th, we'll resume school in the spring semester. Um, NCAA has us, we have to basically take the first four days off, the first uh, the start of the spring semester. Once that's uh, gone by, we're gonna we're gonna resume with four days a week of lifting and getting after it and trying to build some mass in the weight room. We'll be running uh, twice a week, 
trying to get our legs back underneath us and building towards uh, spring ball, which will take place right around spring break. Awesome. So uh, with the 2021 season in the books, what are your thoughts on the year as a whole? So, Yeah, I think there's some really positive takeaways. Um, you know, and I'll lump in last year with this year as well. Uh, so between the two games we played last year and the 11 games we were, we were able to play this year, um, we learned how to fight. I never felt like at any point in the season did our guys quit fighting um, or quit playing the game. Um, I think we learned how to, um, I think we learned how to, we really learned how to scrap. Um, you know, that was evident in our Adam State game, the big comeback that we had at Swarm Days. Um, it was really, really great to see our guys not panic. Um, I think too, we, we saw that um, we, when we play our best football, we can play with anybody. We have to find better ways to complement one another as far as offense and defense and special teams. It seemed like we had far too many games where defense played well, offense played poorly. And then the offense would play well and the defense would play poorly. Um, so that's the challenge for us as coaches is to find ways for us to be hitting on all cylinders um, in all three phases of the game. Um, we found our identity. I feel like that we are going to be a, a run the ball team. You know, you look at our statistics from uh, from the season, um, when we concluded this last weekend, uh, we had 55 less uh, pass attempts than we did in 2019, which means we're, we're gonna be running the ball a little bit more. Our defense improved, um, you know, the yards per game that they're giving up on the ground. Uh, so we're gonna be stout in the run game as well. So finding our identities was really, really big this year. Uh, revamping our strength and conditioning program from last year to this year has been really, really important. Um, and then. Uh, building our culture was really, really great for us as well. It was great to see our guys um, adhere to that, lean on that in times of adversity. I feel like we know who we are. Um, we just have to get a lot better. That sounds good, Coach. Sounds like a great game plan. Um, this Moving on from that, uh, this last weekend was Senior Day. Uh, what was it like having all of those parents there for the seniors, and how important is it to have them there for the seniors? You know, I remember um, when I was a junior, we finished my junior year here at Black Hills State, and for some reason or another, um, the coaching staff here decided uh, to not host an end-of-the-year banquet, something that we had been accustomed to when I was a player. And I just remember our seniors being extremely uh, burned by that. It really, uh, it really kind of torqued them. They, they, were, they were upset. Um, they wanted to have the opportunity to dress up, to invite their parents uh, to come and, and have a banquet where they were able to kind of honor their experience and honor their time here um, and maybe speak a few words about what this program has meant to them. So I know it's very important for us to have that banquet, to host that banquet, uh, to have senior day, to give them their jersey, to um, commemorate their time that they spent here. You know, playing college football or playing any college sport for that matter is a huge time commitment. It's been a huge part of these, these young men's lives for a very, very long time. And it's so important for us to close the loop the right way. It's all about finishing that student athlete experience the right way. So it was great to see all the parents come out. I think at our banquet on Sunday, we ended up having just over 300 people at the banquet. So it was really, really cool to see uh, people come out in support of our young men. Yeah, it was a great thing to see, Coach. I mean, when you lined up all the seniors, when you lined them up with their parents, uh, significant others, um, you know, last week we talked about 
you know, watching these student athletes over the years that they work with you and just to be a part of it is such a great experience for you personally because you're helping these students grow, you know, not only in their educational sense, in their athletic sense, but, you know, just becoming an adult. Uh, like you said, you saw uh, student athletes going out for their careers. You saw student athletes going after, you know, getting married, uh, proposing to their girlfriends, what have you. So it, it, you know, just when you started taking us through that, it gave me a new appreciation for senior day. Yeah, just it was because great to see. It, you know, we tell our guys if, we tell parents when we're recruiting young student athletes that you know when we turn your son back over to you, he's going to be a better person. He's going to be a man, and if he's not. He either wasn't listening um, or we weren't doing our job. So it is very important for us to, to foster that relationship and, and build that. It's a huge responsibility as a coach, not just to strive to win football games, but to strive to do probably the most important thing. That's get, get these young men ready to go out and face uh, true adversity in the world, you know, not just adversity of being down in a football game. Awesome. Well, Coach, the next time that we'll be talking to you will probably uh, be during signing day. Uh, what are the coaches doing now that we'll be talking about then? Right now, uh, we had a really great meeting uh, yesterday morning to discuss uh, recruiting needs. Uh, we had that kind of solidified uh, last week. And then, um, you know, some of our juniors deciding not to come back and, and graduate and whatnot, we, we decided to readdress those needs. And from that, you know, we decided that we're, we're going to be bringing in some more transfers, more than we ever have. You know, since I've been here, I could probably count on, you know, one or two hands the amount of transfers that we have brought in. Um, this year, it's going to be pushing, hopefully, 16, 17, or 18 transfers total on the team. We'll still be heavy on our high school recruits, but um, we have such a great base of high school student athletes right now. Uh, we feel like it's imperative for us to get older and more experienced this next season um, to give those guys, uh, you know, more of a chance to develop and, and bring some competition to the football team. So we should be talking, you know, when February hits about some of our mid-year transfers that we've signed, as well as, uh, you know, numerous high school student athletes from our territory. Well, that sounds fantastic, Coach, and we look forward to talking to you about that on signing day. And also, thank you for joining us. You know, it's always great to be here. I love your golden throat. Um, you do a great job with your radio voice, and I just it's honored to be in the presence of such a great radio voice. Oh, goodness, don't even. Don't even. <laughs> anyway, that was head football coach Josh Bresky. Stick around. We have uh, BHSU triathlon coach Connie Feist coming right up. Your vehicle is the lifeline to work and play. Finding your next upgrade can be complicated and expensive. You shouldn't settle for a vehicle at a random sales lot. Choose a dealer who guides you to a better decision. For over 90 years, the people at Junix and Spearfish have helped countless people like you make better vehicle decisions. Click on the link to see what's available, then schedule a test drive to see what's possible with Junix Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram on West Jackson in Spearfish. This is Inside the Hive, and we're now joined by Black Hill State University head triathlon coach Connie Feist. Thanks for joining us, coach. Pleasure to be here. So uh, you just got back from Arizona uh, for the national triathlon meet. What was that like? That was a lot of excitement, a lot of people, and just a, a great experience all around. Great. So what were the conditions like? You know, we were talking uh, in your previous interview that 
you know, you were looking at the heat and the heat was going to be an issue. And so you were training here in the pool. Uh, did you run into that down there? We did, Colton. Yeah, on <laughs> uh, race time, the temperature was about 90 degrees for us. And so we spent most of our pre-race days trying to hydrate, uh, make sure our electrolytes were topped off and just get acclimated to that type of heat. It's hard to find that in November in South Dakota. So. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about the conditions of the course? The course was beautiful, really, really nice. The water temperature was 68 degrees, uh, which is just uh, above what would be wetsuit legal for us and so we didn't wear wetsuits which is fine for our team because they're used to swimming in in colder waters um, and the bike course was somewhat technical somewhat challenging uh, nicely done and then the run course just really played to our strengths so it was a good race so you said your strengths what are your strengths uh, for the course uh, you know, we tend to be a strong running team, and so, um, you know, we, we need to get out of the water as, as far up in the pack as we can. Uh, we're able to typically, no matter what type of bike pack we get with, we're able to hang with those athletes, and then we count on our running prowess to, to get us to the finish line um, in good shape. Okay, and uh, this race was divided up Division One, Division Two, and Division Three. Um, what does that mean as far as competition? Do they rank everyone together at some point, or do they strictly say, "No, you're Division One, so we're only going to rank you in Division One"? Right. Um, yeah. That's yeah. how that works. That's a good question. So when we race for our national qualifying races this season, we race to D one and D two together, so we are all in the same race um, uh, wave. But when they ranked our athletes, they um, just ranked against other D2 athletes. And so um, this is the first time actually that we've ever raced just D2 schools at the national championships, which really kind of mixed up the field a little bit for us. We didn't have those really, really fast D1 athletes pulling um, a lot of the gals through the bike course. Okay. No, that makes sense. Uh, so what were your favorite moments from this trip? Oh my gosh. Could be race related, uh, not race related. You know, not race related, it's just uh, how supportive all of these athletes are of each other. Um, they're just a really, really solid team and you know, they're competitive to an extent with each other, um, but boy, it's it's kind of like having a, an extended family when you see them all get together and, and cheer for each other. So that's my, my favorite point out, outside of the race. Um, in the race, to just see every single one of them, to, down to the you know ninth athlete that we brought have the race of her season and in some cases the race of her career. Wow, no, that'd be fun to watch, you know, especially seeing being able to travel that far, which we'll get to in a second, but um, being able to travel that far and have your career high, or at least the best of your season, especially when it counts at nationals. So being able to watch that, I'm sure was a very awesome experience. Yeah. Uh, but it is hard to believe that this finishes up the fall season. Uh, for your team, what does winter training look like for your athletes? Well, they're taking a much deserved week off. Uh, and then we're going to start introducing them back a little bit to just one a day training um, on their own. You know, even if it's cross training, cross country skiing, mountain biking, it really doesn't matter. The point is to maintain the conditioning and the fitness level that they've built up 
through the winter break. Uh, and then when they come back in the spring, we're going to start training. A lot of times it's indoors on trainers and on the indoor track. Uh, and we have a pretty big race uh, in Florida in March that we train for as our specific race. And then we're also going to host a triathlon and invitational on April 24th um, that we'll have some other collegiate schools here to compete against, but we're gonna have an open wave that we're going to um, have available for the community members or anyone else that wants to come and try their hand at triathlon. So like me, when you know I come in and try my hand at it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have it all set up for you, Colton. Oh goodness, <laughs> better have some paramedics set up as well. So uh, what are some of the highlights from this year now that we get to reflect uh, upon this fall season? Yeah, you know, when, when they came in this fall, we kind of had a mixed bag. We had some gals that had competed throughout the summer and came in ready to train. We had some, for whatever reason, didn't get as much uh, conditioning in during the summer, and so they had a little bit harder time, um, you know, a little more painful to try and build their base up. But uh, everyone, you know, progressed well through our training program. We had three freshmen. Um, that all made our nationals team, which was incredible, That's and they fantastic. all did great. Uh, so we were just really happy with the progression they made throughout our training this fall and are looking forward to just continuing it in the spring. Wow. You know, you, you mentioned uh, the conditioning in the past, uh, or in our last question, and uh, I was just wondering, so is it hard once, you know, you're building, you're working so hard to build up that base that you're talking about, um, and if you don't keep it, like keep at it, how long does it take to lose that? Well, uh, it, you know, if they don't do anything this winter uh, break before they come back for a spring semester, they're going to lose it. <laughs> so really? we have to have a real, on? yeah, real frank, dis well, it's six weeks, you know. Wow. Now, I mean, these are, are pretty talented athletes, and so they'll get it back a little faster than some people that sat on the couch and ate bonbons all Christmas, but um, <laughs> we just want to avoid the pain yes. of trying to get back. I mean, they worked really, really hard to get to live where they're at right now, so let's just mm -hmm. maintain it. And like I said, it doesn't take two-a-day, four-hour-a-day practices um, like what we have been doing. It just, it takes doing something. It, it takes consistency, correct? Right, that's the key, consistency. It, you know, for me, it's like, oh, I'm going to go work out, and I work out once, and I'm too sore to work out yeah. for a week. And so, <laughs> it's, you know, it's just a consistency, and I think that's right. the thing that a lot of people overlook is, you know, we see all these athletes, and they're constantly doing something. It might not be intense, but it's constant, and that's mm -hmm. key. Yeah, so, no, that's it's just, right. It's very interesting, and and just trying to put together my workout plan now. Um, <laughs> so the team travels anywhere from here in South Dakota, you know, you had uh, down in Hot Springs uh, this last fall, um, all the way to Virginia this year. Uh, and it seems like everywhere in between. How hard is it to travel to some of these places as far as uh, do you bring your own equipment? Do you do things like that? Yeah, yeah, you really hit on um, one of the nuances of, of a triathlon team traveling. It's easy to get the athletes to the venue. To get their bikes is a whole nother logistical nightmare. Um, and so we've done everything from rent bikes, depending on you know, the level of race that we're going to, uh, to we've flown our bikes before, but a lot of times you have to have the cargo space in the airplane to be able to do that. And you know, we have to get a hold of the airlines to make sure we can fly as many bikes as we want to. And then for the national championships, uh, my husband actually drove our bikes 
it ended up being over 3,000 miles from Black Hills down to Tempe and back, which was Holy great cow. to have them there when we needed them and mm -hmm. to know that they, you know, sometimes when you fly your bikes, you, they get dinged and they, you have some mechanical issues that you have to deal with on the other end. So, Well, that's what I was going to say is, yeah. uh, you know, you see these bags coming down the you know, yeah. conveyor belt <laughs> and they're just all dented. And mm -hmm. I remember I got a brand new bag once and I was like, yes, this is going to be great. Came out from the first flight on my layover or when I finally landed and I was like, holy cow, yeah. what did they do? Drag this yeah. through the mud? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I couldn't imagine, you know, something and those bikes are very technical. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think a bicycle, you think two wheels and a chain and pedals, but uh, with those bikes, it's a lot more intense because everything is precise. I mean, you know, there's a difference between the $130 bike at Walmart uh, yeah. and, you know, these tens of thousands of dollar bikes right. that they use. And it's because they're that technical and they're made of that grade of, you know, uh, quality, uh, I guess, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but like stuff, I guess, yeah, like right. quality yeah. metals yeah. and just mm -hmm. quality things. So yeah, just shipping those on a plane would make me very nervous as I'm yeah. sure it makes you very nervous. Yeah, it does. Yeah. 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 These aren't the Huffy that you used to ride. <laughs> uh, no, they're, they're um, made a lot of uh, carbon fiber frames right now, which gives them, you know, they're so light. However, they're also easily cracked and broken. And I mean, you are, you're correct when you're talking about tens of thousands of dollars that we're interesting in the belly of an airplane. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh my goodness. Cause I mean, those bike frames, you know, mm -hmm. just that alone is, you know, thousands of dollars. Right. You're not yeah. counting the chain. You're not counting the sprockets. You're not counting brakes, wheels, everything. It's just, yeah. it all adds up so quick. So yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. All the stuff I'm learning is fantastic. I love it. <laughs> so um, moving forward into the spring season, uh, we kind of hinted on what you're going to do as far as training, but uh, what are the keys for moving into a spring season and uh, what are the ladies going to be focusing on? Um, they're just going to be focusing on improving their drafting skills on the bike. Now, we were really fortunate all fall to be able to be outside, uh, did draft practice two or three times a week, because uh, it's, it's very skill-based. You know, you can ride a bike fast, but if you're not, if you're in a draft pack and you can't corner and, and break and, and do all that stuff, it's, it's useless. Um, so we'll focus on that. However, we'll be on trainers, indoor trainers, and so it changes up our, our um, bike workouts a lot and so we're just power focused and we do a lot of different type of workouts that way. We'll probably stay on the pool deck to do our training mostly because Florida um, has the heat and humidity that we'll be going to in March but um, it's really just improving our skills in all three disciplines um, and just you know progressing it's season over season then year over year with the mm -hmm. team so. Well, I'm just curious. So you brought up drafting practice and that it's very skill-based. Um, I guess, can you describe in very layman's terms for me, um, mm -hmm. what drafting training looks like? Well, there's an adage in triathlon that you want to pull longer, not harder. So it's not a matter of getting to the front of a draft pack and then trying to drop them. Everyone's using each other, whether they're competitors or not. You all know that each person in that draft pack, if it's an efficient pack, is making the others, you know, better and faster. And the advantage that we have being a strong running team is 
we can hang with most draft packs um, and then we trust our run that we're going to leave those gals that are in the draft pack with us. Uh, okay. So it's not a matter of trying to drop them, it's a matter of trying to use them to s conserve some energy mm -hmm. uh, you know, on the bike uh, or to ride faster and then count on your run. Um, and the pulls that you, they normally take are like 30 second pulls, so it's constantly switching these these draft packs over and they can get upwards of 25 to 30 miles an hour depending on where they are in some courses so it's really kind of a well-oiled machine if you have athletes that uh, know what they're doing if mm -hmm. you, you know and I mean it's kind of really different levels of skills at this um, in these races and so if you get with some athletes that aren't as comfortable in draft packs then it's not as efficient obviously right yeah because they're just trying to keep up right low yeah. low and trying to yeah figure they, out the draft. and a lot of times they won't take a pool i mean we've had m every race almost there's you know my athletes will say she just sat behind me and never did take a pool and let me do all the work and you know you just can't let that get into your head and right. you have to realize well irregardless you're going to get her on the run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're yeah. with her. You'll, you'll yeah, take her out. exactly. Well, that's awesome. Well, Coach, thank you so much. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you in the spring when you host here. And that's on campus, correct? That's correct. We're going to be doing a pool swim. Uh, we hope the weather will be such that we can ride and, and uh, run outside. So it's on April 24th. And we'll be busy putting that together. And I'll let you know more about that when it all comes together. Absolutely. We'll be talking to you in the future. Uh, up next, we have head basketball coach Ryan Thompson. Don't go anywhere. While you're visiting Spearfish, stop into Lucky's 13 for half-priced drinks and appetizers every weekday from 4.30 to 6. Need an exciting venue to host your next event? Look no further than our party room. Unwind at Lucky's 13, just off exit 14 in Spearfish. Welcome back. Right now we're joined with Black Hill State University men's basketball coach Ryan Thompson. How are you, coach? Doing all right. How are you, Colton? Doing fantastic. Uh, the men picked up two wins this weekend, one in overtime. What excites you about what you saw in these games this weekend? Well, the first night I thought we executed our game plan really well, played it really hard on the defensive end, and, and I thought we looked like the team we're capable of being. Um, I thought Arkansas Fort Smith played pretty well, and um, you know we 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 were you know, successful on both ends of the court. Um, the second night, I don't think we played near as well. Um, you know, just our defensive intensity wasn't as good. Uh, credit Oklahoma Christian with, with playing well, but, you know, just felt like we weren't the same team. But uh, the positive side, we shoot two of 22 from three and, you know, didn't play our best game on the defensive end and still find a way to win. So, you know, credit to our guys for stepping up and making tough plays late in the game and uh, finding a way to win even when we did not have our A game. No, that summarizes it very well. I mean, you know what you were talking about, the two from uh, two for 22 from three, that's and still win the game. That's mm -hmm. still very, very good. I, you know, when you said that number, I didn't even see that. So, yeah. wow. Yeah, you would think we were like shooting with our off, shooting with our left hand the whole game or something <laughs> like that. We could throw in at least three, but uh, no, it's, uh, you know, it's just part of the game. You know, you go through those ebb and flows and, and you got to deal with it. Yeah, there's just some days where it just, it seems like there's a lid over the basket. You know, that's something we'll joke about on uh, game day when we're producing the show. We'll just say, all right, who put the lid on the basket or, you know, what's going on with that hoop? But we can't make anything right now. Um, so uh, these were your first two games uh, being both non-conference. How important to it, uh, to you, is it to play these non-conference games before the conference schedule starts? Yeah, they're huge. You know, they really, there's no way to prepare for games outside of playing them. 
And uh, so we've tried to schedule accordingly with, with playing five Division II teams and, and testing ourselves. Um, you know, all teams are quality teams. And this weekend against Northern State and Augustana, they're two teams I think will be ranked and will be right there as two of the better teams in the country. So, um, you know, not only are we playing games, but we're playing quality competition and learning a lot about our team and, and hopefully improving each week and, and um, hitting our stride as we hit the RMAC conference uh, games here in a few weeks. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Augustana and Northern, um, which is the East-West Challenge upcoming this weekend, and also South Dakota Mines is going to be going with you guys over there. Uh, these are going to be some well-built, team, well-built teams that make sure you bring your work boots to play. I mean, they, these are very good teams. Uh, what are some of the things you have to look for when you are playing these games? Yeah, well, we're just trying to dive into that film now today. You know, we were so focused on ourselves here yesterday and uh, identifying how we did over the weekend. But at a first glance, both teams are, are well coached. We know that uh, really talented and they both have uh, a good front line. So our ability to guard their post players and limit their shots in the paint and keep them off the glass. I know that's going to be a big key to it. Um, and then, uh, you know, it's a fun thing. It's we've had some close games here. Uh, didn't did not get to play last year with with the COVID restrictions, but the two years prior to that, we played in the East West Challenge, and um, you know, really exciting for our fan base. Um, get to play, get really showcase how good um, basketball there is in the state of South Dakota at the Division Two level. And um, you know, I know our people, our our fan base is excited, and uh, I know our guys will be up for the challenge. And and uh, getting to play competition like this will be really good for us. Fantastic. Um, so going back to the first two games we played, uh, reading through our press release by our awesome sports information department headed by sports information director Riley Baker. I'm going to stop you right there. Not He's, he's the best in the RMAC. It's not close. So. Oh, I know it. Yeah. I know it. Just yeah. no competition. Yeah. No competition. Uh, but I couldn't help but see that there are some household names in this release that we can always see from past years. I mean, you got Joel Scott, Sindhu Sise, uh, Sava Dukic. But these aren't your only players with skill, however. I mean, you have a lot of skill on your team. And can you tell us a little bit about uh, some of the skill you're looking for uh, from your team this year and what you look forward to um, as we come to our home game December 3rd? Yeah, well, you know, you kind of hit it on the head. I think everyone knows about a few of our guys and, and Joel Scott going into his third year and being probably, the, I think, the best player in the RMAC his first two years. Um, and Adam Musa and Sindhu Sise and Sava Dukic and Tommy Donovan. And, you know, so we have a veteran team and that makes uh, our job as coaches a little easier and, and, and raises the expectation level for, for, for this season. Um, but our, one of our strengths is our depth. You know, we played nine guys the first two nights um, and we have a couple guys outside of that that, that could contribute as well. So um, our young bigs are a big key to our season. Uh, we play, we're playing three um, sophomores in, in uh, Riker Sisarik, Ryder Kirsch, and John Shanklin, and all three of those guys are really bought into playing extremely hard and, and knowing that their minutes might vary day to day based on the matchup. Um, but their 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 effort level and just how hard they compete uh, doesn't waver. And, and we've been really pleased with those three guys. They all do different things. Writer Kirsch gives you a little more perimeter game and and shoots it. Uh, Riker Sisarik really long and also can play outside. Both of those guys are excellent passers. And then John Shanklin gives you a little more of that, you know, traditional big and, and um, rim protection de- defensively. Uh, he had four monster dunks in that second game, and we certainly don't win without his 
uh, inside presence. Um, and then Kalen Hearn is a fr true freshman. He's the one newcomer that's playing right now, uh, which speaks a lot you know, to his abilities for him to be getting that kind of role early in the year. Um, you know, I think he had some nerves that first weekend. Um, this past weekend didn't play great, but we look for him to have a huge year. Uh, he's one of our best perimeter defenders, um, has a college body or college ready body with his athleticism and size as a true freshman and is a good shooter as well. Um, you know, so those are some of our new guys or some of the guys maybe people aren't as aware of, but uh, play a huge role in, in uh, what kind of season we're going to have this year. Well, Coach, thank you for uh, taking the time with us, and uh, best of luck this weekend. First game is Friday against Augustana, and tip-off is at 4 p.m. We'll be back in a second with volleyball head coach Kristen Carmichael. Thank you, Colton, and thank you for doing this and everything you do for athletic department. You're, you're awesome as well. we got the best uh, crew in the RMAC here behind the scenes. So thank hey, we you. try. We try. Thank you, Coach. Heard through word of mouth that uh, Joe and Karen were looking at retiring, and my wife and I looked into it and decided we wanted to do something different. I knew the business would work by visiting with Joe and Karen looking at things, but I needed a bank. I went and visited with Pioneer Bank and set it up the way we wanted, and I mean, everything worked. So they've been great. The rest is history. Here I am. <laughs> Pioneer Bank and Trust is local. And welcome back to Inside the Hive. Right now we have Black Hill State University volleyball head coach, Kristen Carmichael. Coach, welcome to the show. Thank you, Colton. So uh, the 2021 season is now in the books. We had the Parents' Day game and the Senior Day game, um, all of which had plenty of tears and hugs. Yes. Um, you know, the first game was against the number 10 team in the nation. Although the ladies were competitive, it still didn't go your way. What was it like to play Colorado Mines? Colorado Mines is very gifted. You know, they've basically spent the whole year in the top 25, and I would say the majority of conference play in the top 10. Um, they just don't give you any points. They're never going to make errors, and they're not going to give you points freely. You have to go earn them. Um, they have good middles. Uh, Setter's been there a long time, runs a good offense. So I was really pleased, though, with how we played. I thought we came out aggressive. I thought we served well. I thought our ball control um, was really keeping us in system, which allowed us to use our tempo that Colorado Mines isn't used to seeing. So I thought that was kind of an advantage for us at that game. Um, and it was always, you know, always good to recognize the parents. Um, but yeah, I was overall pleased with that match. It's hard to bring that caliber of team into your last weekend of conference play, but I thought we handled them pretty well. Yeah, you know, watching from the side, I, it just felt like your ladies were still the competition. Like you see a lot of those games where you go in and, you know, you have an unranked team playing a ranked team. And a lot of people just take it as, oh, this team's going to beat this one by a lot. But that game, it didn't feel like that. It felt like any other, not just any other volleyball game, right. but a volleyball game to where it's competitive throughout the entire game. It wasn't like, you know, all of a sudden we dropped a set 10 to 25 or anything. It was, you know, what was it? 17, 25, I think was the first set, something so. like that. I think so, and then into the 20s after yeah. that, I think, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it was a competitive game from the start, which, to your right. point, 
that was very true and very good to watch. Yeah. Um, the senior day game this weekend was against Shadron State, which was a clean 3-0 win for the Yellow Jacket ladies. Uh, what was mentally going on into that game, not only going off of a loss to Colorado Mines, but also for it being senior day? Yeah, honestly, I think it kind of was a nice little push finish feeling um i felt really like the underclassmen wanted to give those three seniors like a nice send-off um from a volleyball standpoint it couldn't be more different than the colorado mines game you know they're really heavy middle they run fast tempo to the pins and i felt like shadron's a little different than that they like to run a high ball to the pins so it was kind of us getting used to the variety you know between friday and saturday um there were emotions, there always will be, especially when you got females, you know, but um, it was great. I felt like specifically the three seniors statistically played well, which was awesome for their last game in the Young Center and their last game ever. Um, but as a group, I thought we really did a good job, had good emotional control during the match, even though there were tears before and tears after. I felt like during the match, we were, you know, we were there to win. Yeah, and you could see that. And not only were they there to win, they were there to have fun. Absolutely. That's what I noticed. I, You know, just watching them, yeah, say they made a mistake. They got up, smiled, and they went back, and they fixed that mistake. They didn't right. make it again. Yeah. So it was just great to watch that, great to watch them have fun. Um, but speaking of senior day, what is it like to see student athletes come in as freshmen and see them play their final game as a senior? Uh, bittersweet for sure. Ton of growth with those three, especially. Um, Coach Bree, you know, new to the program, she actually went back in the website and looked at those three's um, freshman year photos and she's like, oh my gosh, they look like babies. And so it's kind of funny just to see how much they change, you know, physically, mentally, they grow up. It's, it's fun. Um, those three have put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into the program. Um, we're going to miss Peyton Sierra and Katie a lot. Um, I think they left the program um, in a good place and ready for the next group of seniors and leaders to come through there. But, um, it, you know, every year it's like never the same. No team's ever the same, and it'll definitely be different without them. Yeah, I, you know, just seeing like this 18-year-old come in right. and you know, have this whole new experience because it's completely different. Yes. And uh, to see that, watch him grow the four years and, yep. you know, become a better person, become more of an adult. Yes. You know, through that transition just has to be something very rewarding to watch. Definitely. Uh, moving into the, the winter and spring training season, we know that you are excited to have a normal non-COVID year, right? Yeah. Uh, what are the ladies looking forward to the most outside of, of course, some time off. Yeah, I think honestly, it'll come down to that individualized training. Um, you know, volleyball is unique. We come in, we have a, a week of two a days and then it's basically like, here you go, gotta play, get some, play some games. And so if you come in with some bad habits or some things we wanna kind of change about your technique, um, it kind of has to wait for the off season. And so I feel like they're really looking, specifically our underclassmen, looking forward to kind of that time where they can um, work on their craft, get better at their individual skills, and really break it down and get kind of individualized instruction. Gotcha. So, uh, end of the season, bittersweet. Yes. You know, it's uh, basically everything you've been working for, all the success, all the, you know, things that have happened, it's over. Right. So, yes, bittersweet. But now, what are you looking forward to the most? Uh, honestly, recruiting season is heating up. You know, excited to kind of get out there and find some more talent uh, locally and nationally. You know, we'll be at a bunch of different tournaments, headed to the state, South Dakota State Tournament at the end of this week. So 
That's in Rapid, right? It is in Rapid. We love it over here at West River. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we're we're excited to go out and watch that. Um, I'm excited about individual instruction. You see, nothing's more different than a freshman going through their spring season. Like they just blossom and grow, and it's like you see it actually click. And so, looking forward to that. Um, and then selfishly, I'm looking forward to a little bit more time with my family. Absolutely. You know, it was really funny to watch uh, when we were at the game. Uh, your daughters, I think, were sitting right behind the head table. Yep. And I remember you walked up, and I think it was our announcer asked you, where, where are the girls? And yeah. you point, and then you just do a little wave. And yep. I was like, oh, that is so adorable. And I just loved it. But. Yep. They, they love to come watch, and they, you know, know all the all the players so they're excited oh, when they get to watch them play that's awesome yeah well coach it was great to watch you this season we look forward to talking to you hopefully uh throughout the coming up months Perfect. um but anyway that was our head of volleyball coach Kristen carmichael finishing up the season uh next up we sit down with women's basketball coach mark nori we'll be back after this When you're looking for great deals on new and pre-owned vehicles, look no further than White's Queen City Motors in Spearfish. We're the number one certified pre-owned dealer in the state of South Dakota, and White's Queen City Motors was voted the number one car dealership of the Black Hills. Our service department can take care of all makes and models, and we offer a price match guarantee on tires for your vehicle. At White's Queen City Motors, our main attraction is customer satisfaction. Call us today or stop in at White's Queen City Motors in Spearfish. This is Inside the Hive, and we have Black Hill State University head women's basketball coach, Mark Nori. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> Don't make fun of my <laughs> boys. Yeah. Come on. No, this no is... I'm good. I'm good. Thank <laughs> good, you. Good, good, good. So uh, you just returned from Minot in your uh, preseason opener against Minot State, falling by only three points on Friday, but coming back for a win on Saturday by one point. Uh, what did you see during those games that excites you about this season? I loved our energy. I, I, I liked how we defended. Um, we, we held them to 55 points both nights, which usually, you know, on the other end of that, we, we would hopefully, hopefully we can manufacture some more, some more points. Um, you know, I, th I think, uh, you know, it was 55, 52 or whatever on Friday and, and 56, 55 on Saturday. And, and uh, so we're, there's improvement there. Um, but, but I just loved our energy. I loved how we defended. And uh, I, I loved how the, the team fought. You were talking about that energy, and actually that leads right into my second question. Uh, I know that every game is important, but coming off a loss on Friday, uh, were the ladies looking for that, even, for that win even harder coming yeah. into Saturday? Yeah. Um, I think that a little redemption. I mean, they're they're a competitive group, and I, definitely I know that they. You know, we it's what we talked about is just wanting it more and and having to make plays. And if they could take one or two plays possessions back, doing the right things because the third quarter on on Friday night really um, got us. And so we we wanted to make sure that we we were a lot more consistent. Um, but uh, they, they showed a lot of guts and, and definitely the, the, the way this team is and just how they competitive they are. I mean, we were down 10 in the fourth on Saturday and they showed a lot of courage coming back. And, you know, a lot of it ha had to do with what you said, Colton, just their mindset was right. 
Absolutely. You know, it's that's one thing I can see on their faces, you know, at least in the past, watching their games, you could just you could see when they just have that drive. When they're, you know, maybe down where they might other teams might give up, our ladies are just like, No, we're buckling down, we're gonna get this done. And so it, it's great that Thank you. That, that that's still Thank you. there. Thank you. Um, well my third question is uh, this weekend, currently you have, uh, you and the team are headed off to Wayne, Nebraska, and also you're going against University of Sioux Falls. Um, how did the games in Minot prepare you and the ladies uh, to go up against uh, these teams? Well, experience is invaluable. I mean, just the more game situations we can put ourselves in. And in fact, I had a couple freshmen, I and mean, we have we have five new freshmen uh, this year, and, and six, I, I'm, I take that back, we have um, seven freshmen and then you know eight to new players this year and so the seven freshmen I mean I I had a kid come up and just say wow that was that was so amazing but such an eye-opener to see you know and to feel like why we practice the way we do or, or just the importance of carryover and being consistent so that was that alone is just invaluable I mean you, you just you can't put a measuring stick on that. And so definitely every game we get, I feel like we're gonna get better. I thought, I thought our mindset was different, you know, even in yesterday in practice. Um, but playing on the road, I mean, you, you have to be 10 points better because of, you know, the crowd and just not used to the, the surroundings. The lighting's always different. The travel, you look at, you know, we, we spent eight and a half hours on a bus you know, traveling up to, to Minot because the weather was bad and, you know, getting off and it's just, you know, it's, it's a lot to it. So just all those, not even just the experiences on the, on the court, but just getting used to being on a bus and traveling and understanding how hard that is. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand that, that piece of it, but definitely prepares us for Wayne uh, for this next road trip. And I feel like we're just going to continue to get better through this. Fantastic. You know, I, that's one thing with high schools. Generally, they're traveling anywhere between hour, hour half, maybe two hours, um, unless you get into the AAAs and stuff like yeah. that. Then it's maybe six hours yeah. long. But you know, when you're getting up to that eight-hour range, and I think it's what thirteen hours down to Alamosa from here. I lose so, track after yeah. ten. <laughs> after <laughs> after six, once we get to Denver, it's. Then it's much, just yeah. fall asleep and but sleep. it's it's a lie yeah I want to yeah. say it's around there yeah yeah and so uh, getting the student athletes to realize like this isn't high school travel anymore it's yeah. full on we're riding a bus for this long and then we got to get out and play after yeah. that it's not getting out and relaxing once we get there yeah. and that's what they said too is that it's college is so different than than high school and knowing that like you know I try I, I try to tell parents too to just allow kids to fail and allow coaches to, to coach their kid up hard because the, the expectations, th these kids are, are th they can do so much more. And, you know, we try to create that, you know, sense of urgency and sense of like consistency through our practices. And, you know, I think that's what we've kind of instilled. And every coach that we've gone against, whether it was the scrimmages with the JUCOs or even at Minot, the one thing that they said is, I can't believe how hard your, your kids play. And that, that's a huge thing for me because when you play with intensity or practice with intensity, there's going to be improvement, and that's how you gain confidence. And so um, th that's a pride thing. And, and every time I hear it, I mean, that's something that I know that 
you know, you can't put a, a price tag on that because we have really quality uh, young young ladies that that uh, will give it up for each other. So that's a that's a huge huge thing to have, and I'm proud of them for that. I would be too, Coach. So speaking of long travel, um, you have a couple games that are coming up in Hawaii. Uh, you have Hawaii Pacific and Walsh University, Ohio. Uh, which I still think you need to take me on. You know, you, you need a videographer. You need some someone to capture all that stuff, but I'll forgive you, I guess. Um, what are you and the team looking forward to outside of the sandy beaches and warm weather in Hawaii? Number one, getting everyone there. Um, we might have to, it, it's been, you, you know, it's that, that piece of it has been really, you know, and thankful for my assistant coaches and Coach Bonlander has been on it, um, but there's a lot to this whole thing and, and making sure everyone gets tested the way we need to get tested and the vaccinated and unvaccinated and um, those types of things but <clears throat> it's a it's an opportunity for us like we haven't been on a trip like this for a long time and and uh, just looking for the opportunity to grow as a team I and mean, there's a lot of things I mean it's a trip of a lifetime for I've never been to Hawaii I think most of the players on the team have never been there and so we're going to take advantage of like definitely the culture there and and get that experience. We're going to have a good time and and that's a, something that uh, that uh, you know um, you can't put a price tag on that either. So um, the, the teams we play are both teams are top twenty in the country and so we have a, a really good challenge and and we're going to see where we kind of measure up too that way. So uh, we'll, we'll go down. We'll have fun. They'll com we'll compete and uh, you know, hopefully get some wins out of that deal too. Sounds good, Coach. Well, thank you for joining us and good luck on your upcoming games. Uh, we're excited for the basketball season to start. Um, that's all the time we have for this episode of Inside the Hive. Be sure to follow Black Hill State University Athletics on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube for everything BHSU Athletics. Join us next week for another episode of Inside the Hive and from all of us here at Black Hill State University Athletics, thank you for joining us and go Yellow Jackets. This has been a Black Hill State University Athletics production. Fear the sting.